Welcome. You are listening to Central Synagogue's podcast, featuring sermons, lectures, and conversations from Manhattan's historic Central Synagogue. I'm Rabbi Angela Bookdahl. Each week, we invite you to listen to messages of strength and hope given by our clergy on Shabbat or Jewish holidays. You can also listen to audio recordings of other programs and lectures given at Central by subscribing to this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. And raise me up to a world living, oh, safe from the storm, in the shelter of your shadow. A rabbi is out golfing with one of his congregants. Congregant swings his club, strikes the ball, and misses the fairway. Goes right into the rough. Congregant shouts, gosh darn it, I missed. Okay, you know that he actually said something else, but this is synagogue, so we're just going to go with the sanitized, clean version. So the rabbi warns him, if you say that two more times, God will strike you dead from heaven. Congregant goes up to his ball in the rough, takes his club, swings it, and it flies into a sand trap. The congregant shouts, gosh darn it, I missed. And the rabbi looks at him, shakes his head, and says, if you say that one more time, God will strike you down from heaven. Congregant walks up to his ball in the sand trap, hits it one last time, and it flies straight into a lake. Congregant shouts, gosh darn it, I missed. And all of a sudden, a bolt of lightning comes down from heaven and a loud booming voice, and it strikes the rabbi and a loud booming voice shouts out, gosh darn it, I missed. (laughs) And here, within the first 30 seconds of this Devar Torah, I have come dangerously close to breaking one of the commandments in this week's Torah portion four times. (laughs) In Parshat Mishpatim, we read, Elohim lo tikalel. You shall not curse God. Mishpatim is filled with commandments just like this one, the one that I just shattered. It's all law and order, crime and punishment. And this is unsurprising. The word mishpatim literally means laws. But equally unsurprising is that the Jewish legal system is a little bit more complicated than this. The great medieval philosopher Maimonides proposed a distinction between two different kinds of laws, two different kinds of commandments that we find in the Torah. The mishpatim, meaning, in this case, rational judgments, and the chukim, meaning irrational decrees. Mishpatim are rules that we hold to be self-evident. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't oppress the widow or the orphan. These are eternal, rational truths 
derived from our understanding that we are all created equal in the image of God. Given that the title of this week's Torah portion is Mishpatim, we would expect it to contain a collection of such rudimentary regulations for a just society. And it does. Mishpatim enumerates a long list of offenses that are obviously abominable. Murdering, kidnapping, theft, rape. And it gives prescribed punishments for each of these crimes. And just as one would expect of a, a list of mishpatim, of laws that have a perceptible purpose, the general message of this parsha is reasonable and clear. Crimes against our fellow human beings have consequences. But what about that other class of commandments? The chukim, or irrational decrees. Chukim are the kinds of commandments whose purpose isn't obvious. Why can't we mix milk and meat? Why can't we mix wool and linen? And unfortunately, we won't get to know the answers to these questions until we get to ask God. And importantly, unlike Mishpatim, the consequences for transgressing chukim are not necessarily explicitly stated if they're stated at all. So now that we've established this distinction between mishpatim and chukim, between rational judgments and irrational decrees, we come to a critical question for this guy. Which kind of commandment did I break, very nearly break, at the beginning of this Devar Torah? It seems logical to conclude that this commandment Cursing God against cursing God is one of the mishpatim, one of the rational judgments that should just make sense. Isn't it obvious that we shouldn't curse God? Not quite. In fact, unlike the other mishpatim listed in this week's Torah portion, there is no set penalty for breaking the injunction Elohim lo tekalel. There's no set penalty for cursing God. And this omission becomes all the more curious when we consider that earlier in the Torah portion, we read that one who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. The Torah uses the same verb, lekalel, to curse in both of these prohibitions, but only one of them has deadly consequences. So this evening, I have a proposition for you. I think that the prescription against cursing God in Mishpatim is only masquerading as one of the Mishpatim, as one of the rational laws. It is only self-evident if we believe in a God of golf courses and lightning bolts. In reality, the injunction against cursing God is one of the chukim, one of the irrational decrees. And because we, as Reformed Jews, make informed choices about which commandments we keep, we have the choice to dispense with this decree. And I would say that we should. Because when we curse God, 
We express an anger with the Almighty that is natural, healthy, and, dare I say it, even desired by our Creator. I have three reasons for this. Reason number one, our anger is a divine attribute. The God of the Torah is one of the angriest characters in literary history. This is the God who drowned the world beneath Noah's Ark, who rained fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah, who kept his faithful servant Moses from the promised land. If we are made in God's image, then of course we would expect that this divine anger would be encoded into our DNA. And just as God rages against us, so too do we rage against God. This is especially true for us as the children of Israel. As we learn in Genesis, Israel means one who wrestles with God. We are the God wrestlers. Our name literally demands that we be aggravated with the divine. Thus, even though the Torah may decree, you shall not curse God, the implicit message of the text as a whole is that our anger is natural and it's an even fundamental dimension of our relationship with God. The second reason that we should express our anger with God is that doing so has serious therapeutic benefits. In her memoir, Undercurrents, psychologist Martha Manning chronicles her devastating year-long descent into depression. Manning recalls this conversation that she had with her therapist, Kay, about her relationship with God during this time. Nothing in my life was spared by this natural disaster, this act of God. It is hard to reconcile my old concept of a merciful God with my recent experience of a hateful, spiteful God or a totally indifferent God who pays, play, pays 52-card pickup with people's lives. What did I do to deserve what I got? Will I ever be forgiven? Kay listens to my rantings and she smiles. Martha, she says, I don't think we're talking about God forgiving you. I think we're talking about you forgiving God. When we express our fury with God, ultimately we acknowledge what we already know, that most of what happens in our lives is beyond our control. And when we remember this truth and begin to forgive God, we can begin to forgive ourselves. Finally, the third reason. I believe that God prefers our anger to our indifference. Remember that while the mishpatim are self-evident, rational prohibitions don't kill, the chukim serve as our conversation starters with God in the world to come. So God, what's so bad about pork? Or maybe instead, did it really bother you all those times I cursed you out? But we already know the answer. Of course it didn't. Because God can take our rage. 
Because no matter what we say to God, God loves to hear from us. Because truth be told, cursing God is as prayerful and as powerful as praising God. The great Yiddish poet Aaron Zeitlin captured this perfectly in his poem, Sing Out. Praise me, says God, and I will know that you love me. Curse me, says God, and I will know that you love me. Sing out my graces, says God. Raise your fist against me and revile, says God. Sing out graces or revile. Reviling is also a kind of praise, says God. But if you sit fenced off in your apathy, if you look at the stars and yawn, if you see suffering and don't cry out, if you don't praise and you don't revile, then I created you in vain. Shabbat Shalom. And I'd always praise your name. Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org, our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us. Shalom,